Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV. Including special feature segments, vlogs such as... 5 Minutes with a G. The Straight Shooting View. Coaching with JBK. Audio on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on social media. Twitter, Instagram. We have a group and fan page on Facebook. The pitch is where we eat. The pitch is where we sleep. And the pitch is where we talk. Pitch Talks special feature. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another Pitch Talk special feature. Yours truly straight shooting LJA and I am here with... JBK. The coaching guru, the main man himself when it comes to women's football. And you know what? We want to dive into something to do with women's football. By the way, shout-outs to the G-Man and Nathan Arsenal as well. Shout-outs to them guys. So, you ready? you ready to roll into it? Yeah, I was just thinking about the social distance, but yeah. <laughs> You're terrible. So it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. From the 19th of February 2021, why are there so few BAME players in English women's football? It's not often that this topic's really brought up in regards to women's football. It's usually the men's side. But let's dive in. Because on Tuesday, 23rd of February 2021, at the, at the time, um, England women play Northern Ireland in their first game for almost 12 months. A match introducing um, the new interim manager, Hege, Hege, Hege Risa. Notably, however, with Demi Stokes injured and Nikita Paris um, unavailable to travel because of COVID-19 restrictions, there will only be one non-white player in the squad of 21. Compared with the men's game, the pool of BAME players to choose from in women's football is a lot smaller. Um, at the Women's World Cup in 2019, Stokes and Paris were the only non-white players in the England squad. In the Men's World Cup squad the year before, there were 13 players of colour celebrated as representing modern multicultural England. But while women's football has grown exponentially in the last few years, the number of black and mixed race players in an England squad for a major tournament has decreased from six in 2007 to two in 2019. But uh, Manchester City and England forward Raheem Sterling said that uh, said last year about the lack of BAMA coaches and leaders in English football indicated that there's something like 500 players in the Premier League and a third of them are black. But it's estimated though that the promote that the proportion of BAME players in the Women's Super League is lower. It's between 10 and 15% um, of players in the WSL. Right now, to be honest, it's not inclusive enough and it's not diverse enough, and we know it, said Baroness Sue Campbell, the Football Association's Director of Women's Football. Aston Villa's Anita Asante, um, who has 71 England caps, says one reason there are so few BAME players in elite women's football is inaccessibility. It's getting more difficult to get the right accessibility for disadvantaged groups of young girls, especially in inner cities. Um, When you're seeing so few BAME players making it to elite level, you have to question if the system is really working. Does it need reviewing to find where the gaps are? Underrepresentation of black and minority ethnic women in that side of the game. Why do you think that is? Being that you work in the women's game, I want to know what you think first. (laughs) Um, so I read a book called Biased um, has nothing in relation to do with 
football has everything to do with the whole words, the key word itself being biased. Um, but the biases of institutional to just outright, outright biased um, people who just so happen to just not like a certain race or a certain religion. This one hits the spot a little bit just simply because as much as I congratulate Ebony Salmon, she's joined the England squad on a replacement. So she hasn't joined the squad because she was selected first, she's joining the squad on a replacement. Everybody spoke about what happened to the Manchester United players. Again, one was brought in as a replacement. Again, to me, this comes down to a situation of agendas, but at the same time, it's not agendas. It's also a case of what does a coach see in the players that they need to see. And at the moment, I don't know. I don't know what's been said to the new coach. And I'm hoping what she's seen is there's going to be opportunities for all. And I hope for the sake of her position that she looks at every player justifiably and say, you've been playing well um, for the last few months. Let's put you into the squad and see how you do. I'd, I'd prefer that. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of people that say that. Um, there does come a point where you, where you can't give out too many, um, too many caps. And there does come a point where you can't just give everybody an opportunity. At some point, you have to just bury it down and go, well, that person fits this, this team, so I might just keep a few players in a little bit more so. Um, I know the Olympics is coming up and you really want to push the boundaries of, you know what, let's make sure that England has a great representation within the Olympic squad. Ironically, they did the last time. So, and they didn't win that one. What kind of representation do you mean? Do you mean clubs? Do you mean ethnic diversity? And also, do you think... There was a, a lot more English players in, in that squad. Do you think Ebony Salmon is good enough to be in that England squad? Yeah. Or do you think oh, she's been promoted because of an agenda? Both. I think she's good enough to be in that squad and she should have been from the start. But then I don't know what's been talked about since Phil Neville either left or whether they had that conversation in the first place because Phil never wasn't meant to be leaving it until the end of the, um, the Olympics. Now all of a sudden he's left. Now everybody's kind of going, well, she's got to fill the void a little bit quicker. So I don't think Hegel Reese has really had time just to really know the, the ins and outs. I think she's just been um, placed into a position where she's either got to take the team now or even if she waits, she may not even get the time just to even understand it's a squad. Um, it's tough on her. I uh, don't envy her position as much as possible because she's got the weight of the whole nation on her back to get the tactics right, to get everything right. Her good, uh, her good, her good work recently has been that she managed to get the um, the Dutch team to win the Euros in their homes in their home nation, and on top of that, get to the final of the World Cup two years later and win that. Not easy, but at the same time. When I'm looking at this team, I'm just kind of wondering, was, there an, um, was it an agenda that was pushed for, for England, um, especially for the World Cup, and especially for the Olympics, sorry? And if that's the case, then why didn't we put other players in over the time just to see what they were like, rather than just stick with what's good enough? Because at the end of the day, they're only playing a friendly. They're only playing a friendly. They're not. They're not doing anything else. The game against Northern Ireland. Game against Northern Ireland. I think they got one in in March as well. Um, 
and both games are basically friendlies. So you could have easily rotated and said, you know what, let's just see who's who's there and who's not. We've seen what it was like in the last uh, in the last set of games, and fun enough, those are the same players that are still here. Not saying that they don't merit it. I'm saying, why not change it up just to see what's what's out there? Lauren James, very good player, should have been in the, uh, should have been in it in my opinion, playing for Manchester United. Um, Demi Stokes, I know she's um, she's had injuries and she's not been able to to get around it. Fair play to her. I hope she comes back um, fighting fit. Danny Carter, Danielle Carter, she's she's getting the goals for for Reading. May not be as many as possible, but she could still be in the squad. She could still be in the squad. Um, may may not be a, above Chloe Kelly and and Beth England, but she still has a role to play, in my opinion. And then there's others that you could naturally just say they should be in the squad. The Manchester United, uh, uh, two Manchester United midfielders, a defender, and a possible striker that could also be in the in the squad. Again, Lauren James being part of that quintet, I would say. That should be in a squad, but only one Manchester United player has made it. The goalkeeper didn't even make it. Mary Epps. Not sure why. Don't understand that. Yet she was in the two squads beforehand. So as far as as far as I'm seeing it, it doesn't make any sense. The only thing that people are trying to base it on is the fact that they've got to get ready for a Olympics, which ironically isn't meant to be England's squad. It's meant to be England or Team GB. Wales. Yep. Scotland, Northern Ireland. It's meant to be four different um, nations all bringing up. I think even Northern Ireland, I don't think, are even in it. But it's meant to be four different squads, uh, four different teams coming to bringing their own their own uh, best players to to the squad. Essentially, what you're basically saying is you want the best England squad in that um, in that team so that you get further then than the um, the quarterfinal stage that you did last time. No Team GB at Rio 2016. Obviously, that was a massive missed opportunity for women's football. But there was the issue, well, at least in the men's side at 2012, where it was like it was mainly just an England side. So with the so obviously with the women's side, as you're saying this time round, it looks like it's just going to be the best England side. And if there's these problems with a lack of BAME representation. And the Olympics is kind of the FA are kind of potentially looking at it as let's make a rainbow coalition and basically get all of the ethnic diversity that we can in. But because the talent, but because the the talent pool, the amount of talent, not the quality of it, is a lot smaller in the women's game. It's a case of. Is it one of them where they're set? Do you think that the FA are going to basically sacrifice trying to make it diverse just to try and make that team more successful? And do you think that's going to hold back the Team GB squad? And and also as well that the perception issue, where it's like if you're seeing that it's just and it's just basically a jacked up England squad. With a couple, couple Welsh, couple Scottish, like like littered in just for the sake of it, is it one of them ones where the barriers to entry into the England squad will also become barriers, the same barriers to entry in regards to the Team GB squad as well? Yes, no two ways about it. The reason why I say yes, there's going to be barriers is two things. If they're already saying that they're looking for the best squad, they're looking at um, possible talent for. 
the Olympics now, then what's to say that they're really going to be choosing in the next in the next two um, warm up uh, warm up um, um, games, which I think is April and April and May. What's to say that they're going to actually do that? They don't. They don't necessarily have to. I don't even think it's in April. I think it's in May and June. With the what we think the Olympics is going to be what it's going to be in in August. So essentially, yeah, if all goes to plan, Tokyo twenty twenty one, which yeah, is obviously July, supposed July, to take August. place yeah. in twenty. So therefore, what reason would they have to actually look at any other players, especially when nowadays everybody says you should know what your best team is? Okay, well, if your best team so happens to be injured, then what's going to happen? You're going to have to look for those players that you say weren't good enough. And then what happens? They reject the call-up. Then you're going to have to start going, well, let's check at this list and let's see what we should have done the first time round. Not, oh, well, let's see what we've done the second time round. No, what you've basically gone and done is left it for an open conversation. Regardless of whether you've gone, this is my team, that is it. You've left it for a conversation to go, well, this person could have been in, but they're not. So, and I can't give you a reason why. I'm just saying I just don't like the, I just don't like the, the way they play. Okay, well, could you not have adapted your team just to make sure that they, they fit? Because this is what we do as coaches. We have to adapt the way that we play, even if we want a specific formation in that formation the players still have to play a certain way just to help us out and that's the whole point of why we've got these um, we've got these coaching badges or qualifications as they should be called and this is why we're actually looking at them and going well this player might not need this player might not be able to sit, um, to fit in my t- into my squad um, the way that I want them to okay cool I don't know if Hegarisa will play a 4-3-3 one 4-3-3 by the way don't forget the goalkeeper but at the same time, you also got to look at, well, what was the reason for allowing, if you're playing a four, um, one four three three, why wouldn't you put in a very quick um, stri- uh, winger who is tricky on the ball and is young and can probably get you a few goals outside the box? At the moment, you haven't got that in, the, in, in England. The only person that's being brought up in that, in that vein of form is Pernilla Harder, and she's Danish. That should tell you everything about where you're going with this. So, if you're looking for those type of players, Lauren James fits the bill quite well. Is she in the squad? No. So what's the problem? I'm going to put this in quotation marks. Attitude. Is it really attitude, or is it just the fact that you just don't need, you just don't like the look of her? And I'm not going to put this on England. I'm just going to say the squad could have been a bit more diverse. Even as in, uh, even with the Olympics, the only way that it's going to be diverse is through nationality. I don't know if that's going to be to do with skin colour because when you look at all the other squads, they ain't diverse. They're not. And I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm just saying there is a solution to that situation Wait, that people would, that people really need to recognise first before they actually go, okay, well it's become a problem and we don't know how to fix it. You oh. do. I want to come back to what you just said about Lauren James and potentially attitude because um, Fatuga Dada has said a problem, another problem for young players of colour is stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And um, she said it's very much a white space. A lot of black players that I know would be told the reason they weren't getting picked for squads is because of things like 
attitude, as you just mentioned. I guess now, I guess now you look at it and say that's a stereotype. It was tough. We were kids and you can't argue with the manager or say, I don't have a bad attitude. I'm not what you think I am. It was so easy to discourage certain players from playing because they were just told this is what you are. Um, if there are not more black, Asian or minority ethnic players at grassroots level, we can't expect them at the top. If they do have the talent, why are we not trying to encourage them to reach those heights? So I felt it was interesting that you mentioned about about stereotypes and obviously it ties into wider society, but we're just kind of talking about a microcosm of football, um, which is a microcosm of society. But it's one of them where, where it's like, as you, as you said about, I think, I think it was interesting that you said about attitude um, being, or perceived attitude, I should, I should say actually, being a factor that, holds that holds back especially especially black women getting into football let alone asian and other minority ethnic women getting into football mm-hmm. um how much of a factor do you think perceived attitude is in terms of holding back black and minority ethnic women in the women's game do you, do you think that do you think that perceived perception of having attitude or being difficult is a major factor because personally I'd say it looks like again based on what you said about a potential reason could be like if you don't understand someone you just kind of in this world people just write someone off if they don't understand them and if you've had everything tough and you're expecting and it's one of them ones where it's like if you come from an underprivileged background you are expected to be a certain way and I think those stereotypes very much do hold back, especially like black and minority ethnic players, specifically black players, because a lot of a lot of us do come from underprivileged and impoverished backgrounds. So we're expected to be a bit rough around the edges. We're not expected to be intelligent or articulate. We're ex- we're more expected to be athletic and, and, and in that side and we're kind of we end up kind of getting pigeonholed in that way where it's like you look at someone black and think oh yeah they're going to be athletic you don't necessarily have you don't necessarily think intelligence is the first thing I mean how much of a how much of a factor do you think that is in terms of holding back um, women of colour in the women's game because well, we know because we know it happens in the that. men's game it's funny you say that I'm more of an intelligent player than a fast one um, but I do have pace so, <laughs> see, I've got no, I've got no pace. From people, people who've played alongside me will tell you I have no pace at all. Um, I use my, I use my intelligence to become a little bit more faster. Let's just put it that way. Fair um, play. So it's not a case of me being um, the slowest. It's just a case of me understanding where I need to be on the pitch and using it to my advantage, rather than actually going against the grain and trying to be what somebody has told me to be. It should have no bearing effect. But the problem is whether there's a perceived lack of it or perceived, uh, not lack of attitude, but I look at it and I go, well, none of the courses have, have really mentioned that it should be an attitude thing, but nowadays they're looking at the most ideal type player. And I get why. I get I understand why. Because um, you want an ideal type of player to fit this, fit the squad that you're you're actually bringing in. You don't want somebody who's not going to be part of the squad who just so happens to want to be in it for themselves. You don't, you don't, you don't look for that. You need a team player. You need, you need a team player, but you also need to know that that person is going to fit the team rather than actually the team fit, um, the team fitting around the player. 
Define what you mean by fit the team, because that could be interpreted a number of ways. Um, so in order to fit the team, you've got to look at the player as somebody who's willing to to really work for the team. Uh, willing to, if somebody's on the floor and it's on and they're on that side, look, I've got to pick you up and I've got to show you that I'm still here for you. Um, they're willing to not just work hard for the team, but they're also looking to go, you know what, you haven't pulled your weight, but here's what we can do about it. Um, looking, It's not just a captain who's got an armband, but somebody who's willing to just go and talk to somebody and go, are you okay today? Mm-hmm. Just influence something like that. That's how I perceive a, a team player. Yeah. A team player who's actually going to go, you know what, Liam, if you've had a good day, um, do, you reckon we can, do you reckon we can get the three points today? You're just asking that question. You might say, you know what, I don't know. Um, they might say, you know what, let's give it our best and see if we can get, get out there and get the win. Get the win. Mm-hmm. And that way we can actually either prove you right or prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Or it might be a case of, Liam, sorry, to, I'm sorry that you had a bad game today. Game's over, but you know what, let's go to training next week and we'll, we'll put it right as far as we're concerned. Or what are you doing after this? Let's go and have a, let's go, go and have a, um, a sit down and talk over a coffee. Not a bit. Oh, I like a good beer. I know. As long as you're, long, as long as you're of legal ways, then go down, go and sit and have a brewski and discuss the game. I work in the in the youth in the youth uh, youth development phase, so yes, I think I have to kind of think. Of course, no, of course. Water is a, is is a, a very good habit. So those are the things that I would call a classify as a team player, somebody who's willing to come in and just be there for everybody else, not just oh well, I'm here for myself and we should be getting wins and we should be doing this, we should be doing that. The win will come when you all are working together. Now, the problem is, is that not everybody gets that same opportunity. Most people will just get the opportunity to go, you know what, you come in, what can you do for me? Ah, not good enough. All right, let's just bench you. Why? What for? Let's see what they can do. And if you've given them enough chances for them just to act, for you to realize that they might not be a team player or they're just in it for themselves, then you can actually have a conversation with them and try to understand where they're coming from. That way you can either make them a team player or you can ask them what they want to do. And if they say, I'm not enjoying my time, try again. Ask them, what can we do to help you? If they say nothing, you know what? It's time for you to go. You've, um, distracted, you've caused too much distractions. It's good. But that's not just a black player. I'm talking about all races. I'm talking about all religions. I'm talking about all genders transgender, uh, bisexual, all of them. You've got to look at the player first and then ask them the question, are you okay today? And that's when you become a team player. That's when you become a team motivator because all of you, uh, all of you guys are mo- motivating each other. You're not just in it for yourself. You might have a different motivation um, within, but as a team player, you're understanding, you know what? They're not having a good day today. Are you okay? If they're saying no, you know what, they might not want to talk to you about it, but at least you said, I'm here for you. That's when you talk, start talking about a team player. Speaking of the understanding point, just to kind of, just to come back, come back onto, onto that, do you think that a lot of black and minority ethnic players, because a lot of these management positions are held, are held by white men, white women, do you think that because there is a lack of understanding from say those managers, coaches, like whoever's in those head positions towards players of certain backgrounds, do you think there's a lot less tolerance 
and a lot less willingness in regards to let me try and understand that person to get the best out of them. No. Um, it's not less understanding. You've got to remember what the position is that they're holding. And they're holding a position that they could be replaced within a day or two if something goes wrong. And if you look at the Premier League nowadays um, in the men's game and the women's game now, if the results are not going your way, you're sacked. So it's almost a case of it's an overly intense environment where you're either here to win the game or you're not. And if you're not, I've got to get rid of you. It's not even a question of, oh, I can give you two days. Nah. If I know that you've got something, I might just try and lean it towards giving you a bit of time. But at the same time, you know what? I might have to just put you on the bench. You get more game time on the bench. All of a sudden, it becomes attitude. Well, no, the problem was is that you benched me. It's as simple as that. You've just benched me. You didn't even give me the chance. You gave me one game. And we've seen it in a, in a men's game. We've seen it in a women's game now. Where one person gets, what, a game? And they're loaned out. Or they get a game and then we're looking to, we're looking to get rid of them. Best case in question, Robbie Keane. Went to Liverpool. Got 20, uh, was bought for about 20 million. Or, and then sold back to Spurs. Pretty much literally. the same amount. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> literally within, within six months though. And it was just like, well, you basically didn't give him time just to even adjust to the Liverpool lifestyle. But that's what I'm trying to get at. You've given nobody no time just to actually get used to what you're doing on the pitch. All of a sudden, you've got, you have to get that result. So you're basically saying that the underrepresentation of black and minority ethnic players in the women's game is not necessarily a racial thing it's more because of the way the game is the way the game of football is so fickle and so short-termist in terms of managers not having the time to be able to to be able to kind of blood players through and get and get players through and also managers because they don't have that time because they've got that pressure of well if they if they have a couple of bad games they might be sacked they haven't got the time to invest in a handful of players who may come from a different ethnic background that they don't understand. Are you saying that the managers, because of the way the managerial merry-go-round is, it's one of them where managers don't necessarily get the time to be able to invest into those from other communities they may not un- have an understanding towards is it a case um, of is that is that the, is that one of the reasons why that there's that under that under representation combination of everything um Liam says it's a combination of a lot of things um it just turns out to be that we as a nation um as a black nation i mean so i'm not just talking about england i'm just talking about us continentally and around the world we are underrepresented in the place in the ta- at the top of the table, at the head of the table. We're just underrepresented. It doesn't matter where you go, even if you say that the head coach in the NFL still has to answer to the president. You look at um, snooker. There isn't much. There isn't many snooker players that are black. It's as simple as that. You look at um, Tiger Woods. Pretty much the only golf golf person I know. There might be more. Not gonna say. Um, there might be more, but that's the only famous one that everybody really knows. 
um, Lewis Hamilton had to create his own shadow for Formula One to take its um, to take its rightful place on the top of the table after Michael Schumacher. Um, and again, those are two different polarizing figures in a sport that pretty much said, "Well, Lewis Hamilton shouldn't even be on um, at the, uh, the front row." Okay, but he's now seven-time world champion, so he should have been on the front row from day one, and I'm glad that he is. I look at wrestling, very mis misunderstood in terms of how many black champions have there been, and you made a song and dance about it when uh, somebody actually won it in 2019. You made a massive thing about it in 2019, um, to the point where a lot of people knew about it that weren't even into wrestling. Um, and that shouldn't even be a thing, but it's true to form that there's different factors. There's different factors, and with it, the real factor comes money. The real factor comes money. The problem is, is if somebody's paying um, a player or paying a manager to get the results, he has to, she or he has to get the results way before bringing a team together. Um, I know this firsthand. I wasn't paid for it, but as far as I'm concerned, I wasn't given the opportunity to build my team. Um, there's other things. Uh, there's other things around it. Uh, another person said it'll be uh, interesting to see that the, the players have a black coach. Don't know where that needed to come from, and I don't think it needed to be said. But again, I hope. I hope um, everybody within that team does a success, um, is successful regardless of whether there's a black coach or not. Uh, look at one of the clubs that I do represent at the moment and it is heavily dominated by black male coaches. But yet at the head of the table, the chairman just so happens to just look at it and we need to get wins. And I'm not going to say who, what, the, what the race is of that person. I'm just saying that's how it is. It's just a case of it just doesn't need to be said and it's just one of those things of wins don't make a grassroots team. It doesn't. Trophies don't make a grassroots team. The amount of players that play for England does. That's the difference. And if you could get that where the journey starts from that grassroots team all the way up until England, that would be a lot better than somebody actually going, you know what, they've got four or five trophies in the last five years. What for? You're playing the same age groups that somebody else in Manchester is playing. They've got the same. They've got the same uh, win-loss re record that you've got. They've got county trophies and everything, everything like that. Hey, guess what? Nobody knows who they are. So, what's the difference? And again, it goes back to ego as well. It goes back to my book, biased. It goes back to. It goes back to all of these different uh, factors. It's not just one about racial, racial um, or eth uh, ethnic things. It goes back to all of these different uh, things that are connected in terms of you look at the race and then you start to circle it around all the other stuff and then you go, well, why does this, all, all of this happening? She didn't get a chance. Okay, why didn't she get a chance? Okay, well, let's look at the, the person who's meant to give her the chance. They might have been under pressure at the time, so they had to get results. Okay, well, the reason why they couldn't get results is because the team wasn't doing so well. Did they put her in? Probably tried. Didn't even give her the, um, gave her one chance. That was it. Okay, so what has happened in the time that they, they signed the player? 
to the person that was there trying to give them the chance. Oh, they got sacked. Okay, so how much money have they saved? The club, I mean. Oh, the club has saved this amount of money by sacking the coach. Have the results got better? Yes, has she gotten a chance? Maybe not. So was it a club thing or was it the coach thing? I don't think it was. It was probably a club thing. Everybody talks about um, underrepresentation. Well, the best way to see if there's an underrepresentation is by one education and by giving every spot. And I shouldn't say, I'm not going to say this as the spot should be demanded as a diverse thing. It shouldn't be demanded. But how are you going to see what you need to see if you can't see it at all? And the way I'm, um, what I'm trying to say is, how is Raheem Sterling meant to become a world-class manager if all of the coaches that he's been um, surrounded by at Man City are all white? You know what? That has been our Pitch Talk special feature with myself, Straight Shoot, and LJA at... JBK. It's been an absolute pleasure to sit with the main man once again discussing the topic on this Pitch Talk special feature. Um, the underrepresentation of black and minority ethnic female players in football. Remember, youtube.com forward slash Pitch Talk is where you can catch all of our videos. Twitter.com forward slash Pitch Talk or at Pitch Talk. Um, tweet with us, follow us, see what we're up to. At Pitch Talk on Instagram as well. We post previews to our vlogs and podcasts up there. So keep and I on Instagram for all the preview material and the full versions on YouTube. Also, we do audio versions as well on Podomatic, Podbean, um, also Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and via Player FM as well, or wherever you pick up your podcasts. Um, check out our RSS feed. Um, that will be in the description as well. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we are working so hard to create. Tell a friend, rate, subscribe, share, spread the word. Like love, Pitch Talk is there to be spread, spread around. But you know what? We want to know your views. Comment section is below. Hit us up on the social networks as well. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us on this Pitch Talk special feature. Till next time, see you later, people. Pitch Talk special feature. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV. Including special feature segments, vlogs such as... Five Minutes with a G. The Straight Shooting View. Coaching with JBK. Audio on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Automatic, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on social media, Twitter, Instagram. We have a group and fan page on Facebook. The pitch is where we eat. The pitch is where we sleep. And the pitch is where we talk.